The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Marion McCullough and Cal Thomas join us in the United States. Where do we start? Marion, is it starting to look like there's a push coming against the idea of Joe Biden trying to get in second term as US president? That there's a realisation amongst not just the Democrats, but also the media that he would be a weak candidate? You know, I think that this is a really interesting topic, Matt, because these things tend to snowball. And what tends to happen is you see um, one report about it and then another, and then somebody says off the record or they say aides are concerned. And then there's a sort of a pylon. But I think there's a lot of I get a lot of sense um, in in Washington, in LA, where I am, in New York, and and recently in places like Arizona. That you know, even Democrats are just—it's not so much his age as his ineffectiveness. Yes, one—they seem to think one may be connected to the other, but he was really slow in responding to the Roe v. Wade overturn. He just didn't seem to be engaged. He didn't seem to be at the races. The same with the Supreme Court, the New York gun ruling, which which overturned New York's right to to regulate it. You know who is allowed to carry guns in public and a number of other things. He seems listless and he doesn't seem engaged. But I think he he has been. Joe Biden is fundamentally a moderate guy who doesn't want to take what he regards as extreme positions. And, I, you know, I think that's part of it. He's not a dynamic guy. But I think that also the talk about challengers. I can honestly, and I would probably put money on it, and of course I might lose, Gavin Newsom is not going to challenge Donald Trump uh, for the 2024 primary seat. If Donald Trump can be quietly persuaded to just serve one term and leave, I think that's another thing. But I doubt there will be challengers. We've seen with Reagan and Ford, we've seen with Ted Kennedy and Carter, when you challenge the incumbent, they lose. You know, and I don't think the Democrats want to lose. And I think some of them still think they look at the overall um, voting patterns. They say, well, Biden today could still be Trump today. And and that's kind of what they need. But could Biden beat DeSantis or somebody else? I don't know. I mean, certainly the Democrats are in the doldrums at the moment. Things are not going their way. This must be grist to your mill, Cal, because you've been highlighting uh, the shortcomings of sleepy Joe Biden for quite a long time, haven't you? Well, I have indeed, and I think there is a connection uh, in his case between uh, age and uh, lack of performance. When you look at uh, the New York Times, which, of course, has never endorsed a Republican for president in my memory, or possibly ever, you had two stories back-to-back. You had this poll, from a New York Times-Siena College poll, uh, that showed uh, the declining support for uh, for uh, Biden, and then you had a follow-up story uh, with over 90% of young Democrats, 18 to 45, didn't want him to run again. I think this is significant. And then add to that a column today by the very liberal Michelle Goldberg in uh, the New York Times, and she says openly he's too old to run for a second term. He'd be 82 years old. Can't we do better? Now, on the Republican side, the support for Trump is beginning to slip, too. I think Americans are tired of this back-and-forth battle, uh, political leadership. They care about actually accomplishing things, lower gas prices, lower inflation, uh, cheaper food at the supermarket, and uh, and they're just tired of this back-and-forth. And I think that's why you're seeing a decline in approval on both sides. Marion, I saw the Vice President come out of Harris recently. I think that's the first time in months. Might she suddenly start getting pushed out to take a more proactive front role? 
Well, you know, there have been a number of attempts. I, I I think that she, her role has been badly managed within the White House because she doesn't really have one and she gets given these jobs that nobody wants, like, you know, go to the border and solve immigration. Well, she can't do that. Nobody can do that. Uh, but I think that she herself could have been more forthright. She could be showing more leadership, for example, on, on galvanizing Democrats post the Roe v. Wade overturning. I'm not sure that that... You know, I think she's a very smart woman, but I'm not sure that she has either caught the sense of of urgency in the country about things that need to be changed. Now, I agree with Cal that the country is primarily fixated on the price of food, the price of energy, the price of petrol at the pump. But, you know, inflation is the same all over the world. And I think that where the Democrats always fail is they haven't driven that message home. You know, by Biden blaming Putin, it's not enough. But they need to say, look, inflation is 9% in the UK. It's 8% in Europe. This is a global post-COVID phenomenon and it will eventually recede and we're doing everything we can right now, but they, they just are so bad at messaging. And there are signs that inflation may have peaked, something we discuss in other fora in the times to come. But at the same time, Cal, is it now starting to look like Republicans or a significant number of them are tiring of Donald Trump and that his efforts to make a comeback, to get the nomination to contest the next presidential election might not be successful. Yes, I think so. And I think uh, there are a lot of people, according to the polls, I mean, you've got the hardcore Trump supporters. The problem is, you know, Mary mentioned uh, uh, Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter and the challenges uh, they had and uh, the Republican loss when you've got a third person in the in the uh, or a second person uh, in the race. Uh, I think the problem for people like Ron DeSantis and others who may be considering running for the Republican nomination is how do you do this without offending and turning off the Trump base? Clearly, nobody is going to win the election. They might get the nomination, but they're not going to win the election unless they can convince Trump voters that... uh, they're going to carry on what they regard as his positive legacy. So there's trouble on both sides, but there's a lot of time between now and 2024 and when the Republicans take over probably both houses of Congress uh, in the November election, uh, I think you're going to see uh, far more investigations of Biden and his family and all of this stuff with hookers and drugs and China and everything else coming out that most of the major media now is covering up. You better explain that to me. Well, uh, carefully. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, the latest story is that uh, Hunter Biden paid thirty thousand dollars to Ukrainian prostitutes right after receiving a check from his father. Uh, there are uh, business interests with China. A lot of stuff that the New York Post, especially, has been reporting that most other media have been ignoring. It is ripe for investigations. If the Democrats are going to do all of this stuff with the January 6th committee, uh, then I think the Republicans are going to uh, do the same thing. And where's the equivalence between attempting to storm the Capitol and the son of the president at some date in the past behaving in that way? Well, I th- well, it's not just the son. I mean, there's a whole family connection here. Look, the law is the law. Breaking the law is breaking the law. A criminal offense is a criminal offense. Whether you're talking about the uh, uprising of the Capitol on January 6th or the breaking of other laws. So I think uh, these things should be applied equally. And whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, 
the law should be upheld for everybody. And that would include the picketing, by the way, of Supreme Court Justices Holmes, which is clearly in violation of two federal laws. But uh, the Justice Department will not enforce it. Okay, Mary McKeown, your response to all of that from Cal, please. Right. Okay. Well, first off, Cal, I, I, like, as Matt said, I'm just not seeing any connection between what you're saying about Hunter Biden, who is President Biden's son, and the, the, the reference you made to that $30,000. Now, if we go on what has been on, the, on this laptop, and it does seem that it is genuine, it would seem that Joe Biden gave his son that money to pay for rehab. He did not give him that money, as you seem to have alleged, to pay for prostitutes in Ukraine. What Hunter Biden did with the money is an entirely different matter, but his father gave it to him and he chose to use it, it seems, in a different manner. Now, it might be a manner that's reprehensible and appalling and to have deceived his father like that is appalling, but it's not, there's no criminality on Joe Biden's part who was trying to do the best for his son. So I'm just not getting any, you know, on one hand, you have a president who knowingly sicked an armed mob on the Capitol to try to overturn an election. And on the other hand, you seem to be saying you've got a president who paid for his son to go to rehab, but the son didn't use the money for that. I'm sorry, I I don't see any need for an investigation there. I mean, maybe Joe Biden needs to give his son a damn good talking to, but that's all I'm seeing. Wait till the Republicans take over and more comes out. It's not just the prostitute. And it will be vengeful. Yeah. 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 Money's fungible. What then about uh, Steve Bannon? Remember him. Uh, a character who had a baleful influence over Donald Trump, well-matched individuals. Uh, what's this, Marion, about him now testifying over the Capitol attack? Oh, look, the scepticism about this, and I think it's well-deserved. You know, Steve Bannon is is such a repugnant figure, and I think anyone can agree that. Uh, to me, you know, I, I wrote in the Business Post a couple of weeks ago, I, I compared these, this attempted overthrow with Mussolini's March on Rome. Now, let me tell you, Steve Bannon prides himself on being a student of history, and it seems to me that the parallels between Mussolini 100 years ago gathering a mob and saying to them, March on Rome, fight to take your country back, etc., etc., march on the Capitol. Uh, and, and Trump doing it 100 years later. Steve Bannon's fingerprints to me are all over this. But if the committee thinks they're going to get anything from Steve Bannon that will benefit them, I would be amazed. Steve Bannon, I believe, has been sent there now, Trump's behest, because Trump is seeing, whoa, whoa, this is all one-way traffic. Nobody's putting my side in. Steve Bannon is a proven liar. He's a proven crook who had to get a presidential pardon to land him out of prison on one occasion for stealing money to build Trump's wall. Uh, on, and now he's facing another criminal trial next week, which will also likely put him in prison and he's looking for a Hail Mary pass to himself and also to do Trump's bidding I suspect he's going to try and disrupt the proceedings to discredit them and to derail them but I think that the committee has proven way too smart and wily to allow that to happen so I don't think he'll be giving it live public testimony I think that they'll do what they do with Pat Cipollone they'll videotape it and they'll, they'll examine him under oath in private but the last thing Steve Biden needs is a perjury charge on top of the other charges now so I think it's intriguing but I think we'll wait and see what it reveals Something entirely different, Cal. What do you make of these images that NASA has revealed from the James Webb Space Telescope? Tell us a little bit they're about stu- what it's... They're stunning. Yeah, they're stunning, Matt. I mean, when the uh, Hubble telescope first uh, showed some of these images, and the Webb telescope now, as it's called, $10 billion uh, 
a machine has probed even deeper into space, it ought to be humbling. I mean, when you, when you look at the vast number of galaxies and the number of light years it took for some of these stars for the images to reach the human eye, it's just awesome. Uh, now, for some people who go to church on Sundays and, uh, and believe in the Scripture, you know, there's a psalm that says the heavens are telling the glory of God. Uh, but I, I just, you know, I just think this is remarkable stuff. Uh, I've never seen anything like it, and nobody else has either. So uh, this is one of the good things about the American space program uh, that we've missed since we had real astronauts going to the moon and around the Earth. This is very exciting stuff and should be very humbling. I mean, here we are on this little planet that seems to be unique in all of the universe with just the right balance of temperature and climate and water and air and, and the ability to grow things and the rest. And we look out at all the rest of the universe and we see nothing like us. Okay. And uh, this, uh, Marion, uh, the NASA administrator is saying at the White House event to Joe Biden, Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. The light that has been seen in one of the little specks in the photographs has been travelling for over 13 billion years. Yeah, you know, I completely agree with everything Cal just said. It just puts things in perspective. We are this tiny little planet and, and um, frankly, the mess we're making of it at the moment. But it should be, it should inspire humility and reflection and a sense of perspective. And, you know, let's hope it does. But I agree. I mean, this is a well-spent $10 billion. And and it's just, it, as I say, it, it, to me, I, I love anything to do with space travel. I find NASA fascinating. I went to the Kennedy Space Centre and even took an astronaut training course only in eight hour one. I don't think I'll ever get to space on it. But it's it's there's something about it, about this it is the next frontier, and I, I think it's very—it's a very positive thing for humanity. I think to to have this wonderment and sense of perspective. Eight hours training. Does that mean we can call you a space cadet in future? <laughs> You've called me worse, Matt. I'm sure. <laughs> Marion McKeown and Cal Thomas, thank you very much for being with us here on the Last Word of Today FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper, weekdays from four thirty.